Where is God when life hurts? A grieving sister asked that question when her brother Lazarus died and Jesus delayed his coming. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, said Martha. After a brief theological conversation about the resurrection and the last day, Jesus declared to Martha, your brother will rise again. And because she didn't understand the full implications of what Jesus said, Jesus went on to proclaim, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Do you believe this? Moments later, Jesus the miracle worker said the powerful words that changed everything. Lazarus, come out. I'm Ron Jones, something good starts right now. If you're in need of a miracle from God today and it hasn't come, be patient. He might be waiting to do something even better. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian, always glad to have you with us. And today, Ron continues the story of one of the greatest miracles Jesus ever performed. He could have healed a sick man, but he chose instead to raise a dead man. The series is called Believe the Miracles of Jesus. Look for it at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org, where you can listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. From John chapter 11, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good radio message, The Lazarus Miracle. You see, that part of us that was created to have a relationship with God, friends, is dead on arrival. We are born physically alive, but spiritually dead. And this is what the Bible teaches about our spiritual condition. And so you need not just be born once, but born twice. And if you're born twice, you'll die once. But if you're born only once, you'll die twice. Have I confused you yet? Let me put it up on the screen here. Born once, you'll die twice. But if you're born twice, physically, and you're born again, you'll only die physically once. What about the die twice? Well, the Bible talks about a second death, and a second death is when an unbeliever dies, goes into the grave, goes into the afterlife, and is separated from God forever in a place called hell. The Bible refers to that in the book of Revelation as the second death. So you and I have a choice to make. We can be born once and never be born again spiritually will die twice. Or we can be born twice, born physically and born again by the Spirit of God and through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if Jesus doesn't come back before you die physically, you'll only die once. And in the resurrection, those who are born twice and die once will rise again to eternal life. Those that are born once and die twice will rise again to eternal death. You follow me? And this is what Jesus has in mind here when he says, whoever believes in me, though he die, he shall live. Why? Because he was born twice. And though he die once, he will live eternally. 
And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. He's referring to the second death there. Will never die eternally and be separated from God forever. Where is God when life hurts? Where is God when you need a miracle? Where is God when your faith is confused and you're disappointed with Him and you're scratching your head and you're about to jettison your faith and say, I'm done with this? He's a present reality. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus didn't say, I was the resurrection and the life or I will be the resurrection and the life. He says, I am. I'm a present reality. And I'm the only hope you have whenever you or a loved one or a friend faces the inevitability of death. I am the resurrection and the life, he says. Secondly, where is God when life hurts? Here's something else to remember. In the midst of that pain and suffering, Jesus feels it. He's with us in that pain. Look with me in verses uh, 33 and following. Actually, let's pick it up in verse 28. When Uh, Martha had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's exactly what her sister Mary had said. Lord, if you had just just been here at the right time, none of this would have happened. Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And verse 35, shortest verse in all the Bible, but so full of meaning. It just says, Jesus wept. He wept. And the original Greek language, it it doesn't suggest, you know, tears just kind of welled up in his eyes a little bit and he got a little misty. No, he burst into tears. Friends, this is the compassion of God flowing through the humanity of Jesus, who is fully God and fully man at the same time. You know, the Bible tells us, and John tells us early on in the story, that Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. His his delays were not a a denial of His love. Uh, No, they were maybe evidence of His love, if you see it from God's perspective. But he loved them so much that, that he wept uncontrollably. Don't, aren't you glad that God created tears? You know, somebody once said that when God created us on that sixth day, he, he installed a sprinkler system in us. <laughs> and um, you know, I have a sprinkler system in my yard, uh, as many of you probably do too. And every spring I have to invite the company out to you know, open it up, and in the fall before winter, you close it up. And when you open it up in the spring, inevitably, one of those sprinkler heads, they're kind of stubborn. Maybe they don't pop up the way they should, or they're clogged up in some way, and it doesn't spray the water out the way it's supposed to. And they work on it a little bit, and they get it spraying in the right direction. They unclog it. 
Some of us are like that clogged sprinkler system, though. God who created us with emotions. You know, guys, some of us grew up in homes where it says real men don't cry. Listen, you're not going to look at any more real of a man than Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Savior of the world, and this man burst into tears. A man or a woman who cannot or does not cry at an appropriate moment, I'm concerned about that person. There's something going on in their internal emotional sprinkler system. And uh, uh, the, the heavenly landscaper needs to come and unclog some of those, those sprinkler heads in us. Jesus wept. In fact, there are tears all over this story. Mary and Martha cry. The Jews cry. Jesus weeps. He doesn't hold back his tears. And I'm reminded of a couple places in the Scripture, Psalm chapter 126 and verse 5, those who sow in tears shall reap joyfully. Don't hold them back. God, God knows the pain and the confusion. Uh, he, he knows the late nights where you've lost sleep and you're up at 3 in the morning in a pool of sweat because you're worried and you're concerned and you're confused and you're wondering, where, where is God in the midst of all this? Heaven is a place where there are no tears. One day all the tears will go away. But did you know that the Bible tells us that God puts all of our tears in a bottle? Now, read about that in Psalm chapter 56 sometime. Just, just go there on your own. Psalm 56 and verse uh, eight, I believe it is, where God bottles all of our tears. I don't know what He does with them. I don't know if He puts them through a sanitation system and sells water in heaven. I don't know what He does with them. But the Bible says all of our tears are collected in a bottle. The, 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 the deep, deep compassion of our God um, will never exhaust that. And when you're wondering where is God when life hurts, well, He's right there. Uh, feeling our pain, just as Jesus did, and enter in, entered into the pain that Mary and Martha and the extended family and friends were experiencing. Number three, where is God when life hurts? I'll just say He's in the right place at the right time. Let's read on in verse 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. Here's where the story gets good. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. What an incredible scene. Lazarus is in a tomb not unlike the one Jesus would go into, uh, a wealthy family's burial site. 
with that stone rolled in front of it. I, I don't know quite what to make of it, but I find it interesting that Jesus didn't just say, stone, roll away. No, but he involved the family. He, said, he, he sent somebody to roll away the stone. We'll return to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones in just a moment. To listen to any of Ron's messages on demand, please visit somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, be sure to check out our online store to find resources that will help you grow in your faith. That's somethinggoodradio.org. For your gift to Something Good Radio today, we'll give you the complete audio download to the series you're hearing now, Believe the Miracles of Jesus. That's all nine messages in Ron's teaching series, Believe the Miracles of Jesus. We'll be sharing this content with our monthly partners, but today it's our thank you gift to you as well when you give your gift to Something Good Radio. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. Now here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message. The Lazarus Miracle. And later he, he tells, he doesn't just say, grave clothes come off Lazarus. He could have done that. He, he tells some people to go and unbind him. I, I guess in the, in the working out of all of that, they, they saw the miracle up close and personal. But there was one thing that Jesus could do and only Jesus could do, and it took only three words. He said, Lazarus, come out. One old country preacher said, if he only used two words and said, come out, every grave in Judea and Jerusalem would have opened up. You know, it's good that he was specific about it. No, no, just you, Lazarus. Lazarus, come out. And you got to smile a little bit at the scene here. Can you you just imagine the people looking? And then all of a sudden appears Lazarus. He's all mummied up in his grave clothes. And he's hopping out of the grave. It's got to be like this. Jesus says, somebody go take his grave clothes off. And they unbind him. Now, technically, this is not a resurrection. Technically, we got to call this a resuscitation. Because a resurrection technically in the Bible is when a dead person comes back to life in his or her resurrected body. Jesus, when he rose from the dead, came back in a a glorified state, recognizable to his disciples, but he had a whole new capacity. And he was able to appear here and appear there. And it gives us some glimpse into what our heavenly bodies will be like. We'll have a whole new capacity. You'll be the best you and I'll be the best me that I've ever been. I hope I have a six-pack abs and all of that, but Jesus resuscitated Lazarus, didn't resurrect him, because Lazarus came forth in his same body. And and Lazarus, unfortunately, you know, but hey, if you're going to be God's uh, object lesson here, you know, there are things that go along with it. He had to die twice physically, not in a spiritual sense, but Lazarus died again at some point. He was not raised to his eternal and resurrected body. And if we understand those distinctions, then yes, Jesus is the first fruits 
of the resurrection. He was the first in the Bible. Every other dead person that was raised to life in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and there were two other times in the Gospels where Jesus raised people from the dead, those were technically not resurrections. They were resuscitations, resuscitations. I'm just wanting to suggest to you here that when, when life hurts and you're asking, where is God? He's always in the right place at the right time because His ultimate goal is not to console us but to glorify Himself. Let Him choose the time He shows up and performs the miracle or does what needs to be done. And here, He's right there at just the right time. He's had the little uh, theology class with Martha and with Mary and others. He's involved others in the miracle here, and He raises Lazarus from the dead. And I want you to read on in um, verses 45 and 46 to see the response of the people. Before we get there, I want to go back to those three words, Lazarus, come out. Uh, See in them the power of the Word of God. I go back, I flash back to the creation story. Four words got everything started. Let there be light. Boom! It's all there. Creation story begins. The power of the Word of God. You have a Bible in your hands? Hold it up. Hold it up right now. You got more power in your hands than um, 12 militaries. The power of the Word of God to change a life. Don't ever underestimate it. And three words raise Lazarus from the dead. But in verses 45 and 46, it says, Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. There's our word, our word believe. It's the title of this sermon series. Eighty-four times in the Gospel of John, the word believe is found. Nine times in John chapter 11 around this story about Lazarus, nine times the word believe appears. It says, many believed, verse 46, but, (laughs) circle the word but, but some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. The implication is some didn't believe. You know, some of you are saying, Lord, if you, if you would just give me some evidence, perform some miracle in front of me and I'll believe. No, not necessarily. Don't be so haughty as to say, if I, if, if I just see it, I'll believe it, because not everybody who saw it up close and personal believed. Some of them just went on to be tattletales to the Pharisees and say, you ought to see what Jesus just did. He just raised a man from the dead. How dare he do that? I mean, are you kidding me? The hardness of the human heart. And Jesus even implied, uh, giving some prediction to his own resurrection, that not even if He himself was raised from the dead, would everybody believe? The purpose of miracles in the Bible is not to get us necessarily to get our own miracle, but it's to to put us on one side of the choice or the other. And John gives us enough evidence, eight sign miracles, this one being one of the most dramatic 
that point to Jesus, who is the Messiah that was prophesied in the Old Testament. He is the long-awaited Messiah. Do you believe or do you not? That's between you and God. And my encouragement for you today is be among that group that says, yes, I believe. Like Mary, like Martha, says, Lord, yes, I believe that my brother will one day rise again. Maybe some of you got all your theology right, but it's just head knowledge, and it's not become practical theology to where when you're wondering where's God when life hurts, you're able to take what you know to be true about God and find comfort in that, even in a painful and, and, and difficult time of suffering, to where that theology has gone from your head to your heart and down to your hands and your feet where you live it out in faith every day. That's my, my prayer for some of you today and for all of us is to believe, but not just believe like the devil believes. He knows the Bible better than most of us here. But for that knowledge to be more than just intellectual assent, but to be something you believe in your heart and live out every day as you walk with God by faith. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for today's Something Good Radio message, The Lazarus Miracle. Always nice to have you with us. Ron, let's say someone pours his or heart out to God, asks something of God, and it never gets answered the way that person wants. Maybe that loved one dies. Maybe that couple never has a child. Maybe that husband or wife leaves and never comes back. It's one thing for God to answer our prayers later than we would have liked, but what if he doesn't answer them at all? That's a great question, Brian. It's not an easy one, so thanks for making it kind of tough on me here today, but it's a great question nonetheless. You know, I want to suggest something to our listeners that may seem a little strange at first, and I don't want to diminish the the pain of unanswered prayer. In fact, I want to validate that pain because I know sometimes we go through a profound level of heartache when things fall apart and God doesn't put them back together the way we hoped or expected or even prayed he would. A child dies, a marriage ends, an accident puts a loved one in a wheelchair. These are heart-wrenching things, and many times they are permanent things. There is no resuscitation. There is no healing. uh, There is no going back. We pray for a miracle, and the miracle doesn't come. Or does it? And that's the thing I want to suggest to you today if you're going through something like this or if you have before and you're still dealing with the fallout. Uh, Just because God didn't do the miracle you asked for, that doesn't mean a miracle has failed to take place. Because sometimes you are the miracle. Uh, You're the miracle in the way people see you respond and how you handle such extreme disappointment. Those around you see what you went through and see how you have grown in your faith, or, or maybe they saw how your faith wavered and then noticed the way you rebounded and became stronger in your faith than ever before. Think about the beauty of that testimony, the way you handled that dis- disappointment, uh, the way you love God anyway in spite of not having that prayer answered, the way your faith stays strong in spite of insurmountable challenges. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes that's the miracle God was performing all along. Such a great reminder to all of us about the power of a changed life, the power of a growing faith in the midst of adversity, and how that can minister to those around us. Thanks so much for that great word, Ron. Now, before we go, let's talk for a minute about where you're headed next as you continue your teaching series, Believe the Miracles of Jesus. 
Well, Brian, for those who are joining us for the first time or for anyone who may have missed the last several messages, we're taking a look at the eight miracles of Jesus found in the Gospel of John. Now, there were 37 recorded miracles in the four Gospels, but our focus is on the eight in John's Gospel, each of which is designed to deepen our faith in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And tomorrow we come to the eighth and final miracle in the book of John. It's one that I call the second chance miracle. Uh, You know, God is a God of second chances, even a third, fourth, and fifth chances. And tomorrow we'll take a look at a miracle he performed after his resurrection. Join us then for Something Good when Ron shares his message, the second chance miracle. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.